Weber. Um, I'm the acting course lead of Football Studies Programme at Solent University in Southampton. Um, so my research uh, is uh, centres around the cultural, political, economy, football. Um, my research really argues that you can't understand politics uh, and all the economics uh, of uh, football without understanding its cultural base. And that's really my point of departure for, for all my research uh, in this field. Uh, so the book that I uh, I wanted to kind of talk about really was uh, a book, and it's probably one of John Williams's lesser known books really, um, called Into the Red, and it charts um, not simply Liverpool's uh, treble winning season in 2000-2001, um, but also talks about the kind of the changing dynamics that Liverpool as a football club was faced with, and indeed English football was faced with, uh, at this really a key moment uh, in the transformation of uh, of the English game. So John's work will probably be familiar to a lot of people as as part of the famed Leicester School or infa infamous Leicester School that looked at football-related violence uh, throughout the 1970s and 80s. Um, and he's got a kind of part of his kind of Figurational account, if you like, of, um, uh, of football-related violence and crowd behaviour and, and, and so forth. Um, I, I think that that's a kind of, and I think this has already been established elsewhere, and John himself would, would argue this, that that's a little bit of a lazy assertion, but there was a lot of kind of difference between um, the members of his so-called Leicester School. John's work here is, is really instructive and it's certainly probably the the most influential book. And this is kind of my definitely maybe moment um, <laughs> yeah. in terms as, as a kind of an, as an academic. I, I read it as it was given to me as a Christmas present for my mum and dad um, uh, the Christmas after we'd won the, the, the treble. Uh, and at the time I was a business studies uh, undergrad um, and I, but I was beginning to shift more towards uh, the sort of the political economy side of things. I mean, HR and, you know, finance and marketing, all that stuff was kind of interesting, but I was more really interested in the kind of the, the, the kind of the political economy um, side of things, in particular around sort of New Labour's claim as the new party of business and the sort of attentions that that was creating within the Labour Party uh, and so forth. And so that was kind of animating my undergraduate studies at the time. So I was reading this, but obviously I was reading this as, as a Liverpool fan. Um, and really it kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities that this was a game um, that was unfolding in front of us that looked at, uh, that was having a profound impact upon how we would later consume uh, football. Um, we often talk uh, about 1992 as being a significant moment in, in the transformation of English football with the creation of the Premier League. And it's probably at this point I should give a shout out to um, the, the call for papers that's recently gone out in soccer and society. Um, but for me, it's that the, the real moment of transformation comes much later on than 1992 because we see first big increases in, in the TV money, um, the real shift towards commercialisation. I think up until the mid-1990s, English football had still remained within its own existent cultural base. We have, from the, from the mid-1990s onwards, firstly with Arsene Wenger, and then with, crucially, with Gerard Houllier, 
a much more kind of continental approach on the pitch and, and the modernization of playing uh, techniques and management of, of diets and all, all the rest of it. But also coming into that, of course, is the, the profound commercialization of the game, which is really taking off. And, and that's obviously being spearheaded by Manchester United, um, who are kind of ramping this forward and then kind of leaving everybody in their wake uh, in terms of drive towards modernity and commercialization and, and, and so forth. So I think that this is a really key moment because Liverpool itself is, is itself is in an existential crisis for so long. It's been the dominant club. It's fallen behind, certainly fallen way behind the likes of Manchester United and it's, it, right now. It was successful historically. It's massive, but it's way behind the likes of even you know the likes of, of, of Arsenal, who are beginning to form a duopoly with with Manchester United at the top of the top of the table, um, and so really, what what Williams does in, in Into the Red really really well is kind of encapsulate these tensions. As a Liverpool fan, as a sociologist, but also kind of casting his gaze upon the the, the kind of the landscape. Um, that English football is facing, the increasingly globalised landscape that English football is facing uh, at this time. By a quite happy coincidence, of course, it comes from an unprecedented sort of microcosm success that exists for and UEFA Cup and, and you know, land Champions League football. So it's hugely successful on the pitch. What I think is particularly in, in you know, particularly um, uh, interesting, and what Williams really brings to the fore is then what that means for the club and the city um, as as a whole. Um, in certainly in terms of identity and regaining a lost identity, I think, uh, in terms of, uh, of of where it stands. It, it, within not simply English football, but increasingly world world football as well. I think there's something interesting about the fact that this is a mainstream book as well. Mainstream insofar as it's published mm. by Mainstream, who I think are a really important publisher. But also, this is a book that's designed to be read by non-academics. This is a mainstream book for anybody who yeah. goes to the match, anybody who's interested in sport and society. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that was, to be honest, that was what my parents bought it to me because I mean at that point I'm, I'm still I'm not a trained sociologist um, I teach the sociology of football and I've read an awful lot of the literature uh, and in sociology of sports sociology of football but I wouldn't consider myself to be a sociologist a trained sociologist in, in the strictest sense um, there are there are listeners who are way, way far far more kind of it, Relatively switched on to these kind of debates, and but you make absolutely brilliant point there. But this is meant to be um, read by the guy in the pub, you, you know, the person in the street. This is, and this is, I think, really why it's such an underrated book because it has that. It has that kind of. Um, it passes the Milkman test. Um, I remember James Dean Bradfield or, or Nicky Wire was, was talking about this after they released um, A Design for Life. And for such a long time, the Manics were kind of on the periphery. They weren't part of any great scene. Um, but suddenly they had, in the midst of Britpop, this song that catapulted them into the mainstream. And 
James Jamesy Bradfield and, and Nicky Wire was, was sat down. I remember reading this in, a, in an old enemy interview, uh, and they said that they'd finally passed up that Milkman test. This is they'd got a song which was being whistled by Milkman up and down the country. Killer guy talking a whistling away of, of a song about class struggle. I just I, you know if you can do that. <laughs> You can, if you can kind of get, you know, people down the pub talking about class struggle and you can kind of get into talking about themes of identity and all these kind of sociological theories and concepts and so forth, you that, that that's, for me, that's the holy grail uh, as an academic. That's what I'm always wanting to achieve. I mean, you know, if somebody says, oh, I really enjoyed reading your piece, that's, you don't have to agree with me. I mean, there's loads of people who don't agree with me on, on an awful lot of stuff. But if you really enjoyed reading it, if that's something that it's, if it's either made you think or you've, you've just enjoyed what I've had to say, that, that for me is yeah, yeah. And don't, my job stuff. Don't, don't you think there has been a kind of explosion of ordinary people who go the game rediscovering a kind of class identity evidenced in the you know fan supporting food banks the uh on the ball period poverty people and uh my friends uh, in glasgow they've got these jackie mccassie at liverpool looking at women who go to the game if you look at the spread the almost contagion spread uh, of of yeah. fan supporting food banks sociologically speaking people especially football fans are rediscovering who and what they are and where they're from and what we should be doing yeah. with one another as a society yeah, and I think this is a really fundamental point, and and I think it probably speaks um, to a, to a broader debate that we need to to have about well, what what sport, what football means in our societies and in in, in our communities at large, and maybe this kind of enforced sabbatical um, will help us to do that because it helps us to take stock because it's like well, we're not caught up with VAR now. We're not caught up with the sort of the the, the on-the-field dramatics and, and all the rest of it. But what's he saying? Well, sport has left, and football has left a, a big hole in our lives. And it's, there's still, as, a, as I've kind of always argued, there's still a redeeming quality to football. We can kind of talk about the greed. We can talk about the inequality. But there's something almost gramshing in the notion it doesn't have to be this way. But when it comes down to it, and I think this is kind of where my where my research is, uh, as, as what's, what I tried to convey, is it's never had to be this way. It's never had to be this highly commodified, um, hyper-real spectacle that it has a cultural base which can then be harnessed to, to make a profound difference in the lives of, of millions of people in communities up and down the country. Um, and if we can kind of seize that moment and sort of reset a little bit and say, well, yeah, I think, you know, we need to kind of ask questions about identity and belong and kinship and social ties and what our social ties are based around. I, this, could, this could represent a really important moment uh in that and and you're absolutely right i think what we've seen and, and obviously social media has helped in this respect but what we have seen is, is people not simply going kind of dutifully to the game and sort of a- acting almost as passive consumers but 
a lot of people, more and more people, are thinking critically about the issues. So whether that is, uh, you know, period poverty, whether that is uh, food poverty uh, in local communities, you know, just putting, having those ideas, that everyday radicalism, if you like, I think that's, that's hugely significant.